Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about the profitability of an e-commerce site, working out the building blocks and the tools we've got available to help you make sure you're on the right path. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Good afternoon, my brother. How yeah, are you? I'm all right. I'm getting very early up, up this morning because the builders, they start, start at half past seven. What is it? What's wrong with builders? It's kind of like, get up That's and terrible. get you out of bed. How do you cope? Breakfast. I don't know. Such big problems. These builders are actually arriving at your house at half past seven. Like when they say this is going to arrive. Awful. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Um, I alone suffer. No. Anyway. <laughs> So, just just that when you were, uh, you know, like you've been living in your you live in your house, and I work at the end of the garden now, and it's like everything is like become a very small world. World, whereas I used to before COVID, I used to go into the office in the town and do all that kind of stuff. Now it's like the house and the lawn. You can and the, get builders. You can't get builders in the UK. Well, it's actually They're very difficult here. Five years. Very, very difficult. Very difficult all over the mm. place. And also, like there's. Um, do you have jib board in the UK? Do you know what Who? jib board is? Jib. jib board is, well, you know, like the walls get plastered. Now the walls get plastered in the UK. I think they actually plastered. Oh, it's because it's brick. They plaster the walls. But in New Zealand, because you've got wooden houses, you um, you have this jib board. And you just can't, they just can't get jib board for love of money. So uh, everybody's like hoarding it. It's like like Australia and toilet rolls. Um, when um, it all The whole through. world was toilet rolls. That's interesting. Well, yeah. it's obviously... Well, there's a stock shortage everywhere. It's probably stuck in a container. Yeah, and it's just there's just there's like pockets of stock shortages the other day. And like I buy some like Panadol Extra, and then the country sold out of Panadol Extra the other day. And then I try to get contact lenses, and like you know, it's like there's like these you've got loads of some sort of things, but like just none of random things. It's really yeah. it's really odd. You take it all for granted before, didn't you? Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah everything you just assuming the stuff's get here. You know, it's and it's unbelievable, you, isn't it? And then you just have this uh, this supply chain pockets, and I think yeah. that's really affecting. I think that's still affecting the world a lot more than than we realise, and I think that will kind of come into the inflation game yeah. and, and what's going to happen. And I think it re- it will relax to some degree. Um, so we have it, but anyway, we, we we I digress. I don't think people have tuned in to talk, to talk about jib board. I don't know, maybe they have, but um, we want to talk about. In. I don't think people tune in now, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have any young people listening. Everybody knows. No. Everybody knows. Yeah. To our parts talking about e-commerce. Yeah. Yeah. We want to talk about e-commerce profitability. And the reason we want to talk about it is because building profitability into the business from the start or or kind of getting into into the fixed mindset set of profitability means that you can simplify e-commerce down and basically understand e-commerce in a way that is very simple. And I think people overcomplicate it so many times and don't see that, that picture. And we're just going to go through it today, um, telling you how to bake in uh, profitability and, and understand how to grow. Mm. Because I, I sent an email to the list the other day and it said something dad says. He says, you know, it's so easy to be a busy fool. You know, in, in, when you're running your own business, it's so easy to go and work, you know, work really, really hard and not actually have anything to show for it. I mean, it sounds, sounds ridiculous, but, you know, we, we do it in some of our agency businesses. We go and build websites and lose money on it. And effectively, we pay the customer to build them a site. Mm. But, it, but it's, it, well, you it, can it, get, it just I happens. Think in business, you can get very excited about the idea. Yeah. And, you know, and you, and you get really passionate about it and really excited. But unless you've baked in the profitability from the start in the, in the business model, you yeah. know, it, you, you can be really hampering yourself. 
Yeah. Golly. And I think it's particularly easy to do in e-commerce because, you know, you're, you're so excited to get started and get some yeah. orders. And sometimes and you do is, have to get some and, orders and make a bit of a loss at the beginning. But, and it's hard to see because, yeah. because when you're starting out, you don't know the true cost of scaling. And then, you know, because there's lots of little hidden costs. And there's also, there's also fixed costs and there's variable costs. So, yeah. you know, you don't know how much to proportion to an order you know what you need and and but i think i think the um most businesses that we work with you know the ones that we've worked with over the last 20 years I, you know 99% of them have wanted to be uh profitable so scale profitably yeah and that's what they want you to do you know there's the 1% that comes along and they say right we've just been given a massive cash injection and in fact i'm working with one now that they're doing 5 million they want to get to 15 and they've been given a big cash injection, and and they said, "Look, we're not bothered about profitability. We want to scale. We want to acquire new customers, and we're going to sell the business." And yeah. so that's that's a different model. But the majority of people that we talk to and that we help grow are want to do it profitably. And and the the thing we I think I think that's fascinating is that you can. You know, there's lots of traffic out there. Like anybody now listening to this podcast who has an e-commerce business, you know, you, and you want to get to 10 million. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it overly simple just to kind of tell a story. But if you want to get to 10 million and you're in a, you're in a reasonably, uh, you know, a reasonable size market, which you all will be, you know, there's lots of millions of customers out there. If you want to get to 10 million, you can get to 10 million. And, you can do it by pulling the traffic lever because there's so much traffic online and there'll be so many people searching for your products that you can just pull the traffic lever and you could probably get to 10 million. But getting to 10 million profitably is really what you want to do because, you know, if you just pull the traffic lever harder and harder and harder and harder, you know, you'll be paying, you know, millions, a million pounds, a million, you know, 10 million pounds and get 10 million pounds back it just doesn't make sense obviously you want to be able to do it profitably but i think that's that's the, that's the biggest thing that, that i think's changed probably in the last you know if you go back to when we were first doing this 20 years ago yes there was a there was there was advertising online but a lot of it was seo wasn't it a lot of it was organic direct mm. typing and organic and over the last really 10 years or going back a little bit further than that there's been a massive explosion of paid media. You know, Facebook didn't exist, did it? You no. know, Facebook's advertising didn't exist and Instagram didn't exist. And, and you know, Google Shopping didn't even exist, you know, how you know, however long ago that was. You know, that was like Frugal or something. What was it called? Well, Google Shopping was Frugal and then, you know, it was but free. It was free. It was yeah. free. It was organic. So there's been this massive explosion of paid media. So, what that's what it's meant is that you can buy traffic when when it was a lot harder, you know, fifteen years ago. Whereas now you can buy traffic, so you can get to ten million. Mm. And you know, but the, obviously the question is how you do it, and, and understanding how how to do it profitably is where that target sheet and the margin calculator comes in. Yeah. So you know, which is you, what I where you, which is what I want to talk about. Yeah, I, don't so, to, I don't want to talk too much because I got a whole, I got a whole story about this. I could go on for an hour. Yeah, well, I will. <laughs> but you know, normally you you cut me, you know, you you dub me out. Well, no, you just turn the volume down on my voice. Uh, no, it's not true. Just when you're talking about rubbish, no. Um, so you you introduced the target sheet. So the reason you've got to start somewhere. So you've got to start somewhere and. The first thing to start at is, you know, having an idea about where you want to get to in terms of in terms of revenue, and and it's even though like revenue is different than profit, revenue is always a good number to pick because it it's everybody understands it and you kind of know where you are with it, so it it, it kind of starts there. So if you've done one and a half million. You know, it's very easy to kind of say, well, let's try and get to two and a half million. Oh, how quickly can we get there? Okay, maybe we can do it next year or the year after. And that's the starting point, isn't it? And that's what we built yeah, the, target, it, yeah, the target sheet. The target for. sheet 
And if if you've read the if people have read the book, you know, you'll know we talk about the target sheet a lot. And if you've ever spoke to us or heard or heard any of these podcasts, you know, we, we start with this target sheet and it's very simple. It's it's a really simple little Excel dashboard, which I'm sure we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, I presume, Mark. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah. And um and it and it, and it basically says, okay, this is what you're doing now. So you let's say you're doing one point five million a year now online. And you want to get to five million in three years' time, and it breaks it down very simply into the, the the component parts, which is traffic, average order value, add to basket, basket to order, and and that gives you the conversion rate. So you've got traffic, conversion rate, average order value, but and it just says, okay, this is what you're doing now. You're one point five million. Okay, what does what does a five million pound business look like? What you know, what how do you break it down? And it says, okay, in order to get to five million. You know, you'd have to get the add to basket from five percent to seven percent, the average order value from a hundred to one hundred and thirty, and your basket order rate from forty to forty-five. And basically, what I'm saying is, it, it, you know, realistically, we would look at that and we would know that okay, a business like this, an e-commerce business like this, the you know the conversion rate probably sitting around you know three three point five percent, something like that. And we think we can get, you know, twenty percent from average order value. We think we can get, uh, you know, twenty five percent from conversion rate. And then you're left with the gap, and the gap is the traffic. And it says, okay, you know, we're not going to really get that much more out of out of conversion and average order value because that's like fundamentally changing the the whole business process. So, so you're left with the gap, and and the gap is the traffic. And it clearly says, okay, this is exactly how much traffic you're going to need based on these assumptions. And the traffic then is based of, of, of based on two things. It's existing customers and it's new customers. So some of that traffic is going to come from existing customers and some of it's going to come from new customers. And if, you, if your existing customers behave the same way, you're left with, with how, much, how many new customers you need to acquire. Yeah. And – you know, and then you, that's where you need to go. Well, how much can I, how much can I afford to pay to acquire those customers? Yeah. You know, so it's like I need to get you know five thousand new customers in year two in order to hit my five million target. And how much can I afford to go? And and unless you know your ROAS, the minimum ROAS that you need to operate on. You, how the hell do you know you're blind? You like you know you're just sort of trying lots of different avatars. You've got to you've got to really understand what that overall ROAS and the ROAS is your return on ad spend. And this margin sheet was the next thing that we did, however many years ago when we did the target sheet and margin calculator. But we did the target sheet first, and then in order to answer that question of how many new customers do we need to recruit and and how we're going to buy that traffic and where it's going to come from. We had to understand what the what the minimum ROAS we could operate on. Yeah, in whether, the business. So it's 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 effectively in any business you want to know what the constraint is. So a lot of the questions I ask to people when I get them on the phone is, so why can't we double ad spend? And then you know sometimes they'll kind of go, I don't know, or um, you know they'll know and they can't they can't get there. So the first thing is the target sheet is like, well, where do you need to be? What traffic do you need to be? Okay, if we go and try and buy that traffic, what do we need to buy at? So the margin sheet is all, all working out. Effectively, you know, how much profit do we get from a customer at each yeah. uh, and how much can we spend on a customer? Yeah. Uh, well, well, it, gives you, from, it gives you very simply on the left-hand side. I know obviously people need to download this. It's difficult to yeah, visualize we'll put, it, but we'll it's very, margin, very straightforward. We'll put the margin sheet in yeah. the, in target, in the yeah. show notes and as well. I'll, in the show notes, yeah. So, so uh, to be honest, right, I'm going to say I'm going to say two things. If if you if you go and download the target sheet and the margin calculator, like you'll notice that they're two very very simple Excel files. They're really really easy to to understand, and they are e-commerce. Like it is e-commerce. Everything on those two sheets. It's covered in any conversation you could ever have about e-commerce, no matter what shiny thing someone's trying to talk to you about or, 
you know, trying to get conversion rate up or add to basket up or lifetime customer value or email flows or whatever it is. It's all, it, it's, it's on the sheet. Like it, like it's, it will show itself on the sheet, mm. which is why it's so important. And the great thing about it is it forces you to break down e-commerce into what is actually a really simple thing. You know, it's really straightforward. It's how much does it cost us to acquire a customer and how much that customer is worth to us over a lifetime. That's all you're trying to do. So and that margin calculator, on yeah. the left-hand side, it's, it's, it's how, much, how aggressive you want to be in terms of recruiting a new customer. And because the, ro- the ROAS, the return on ad spend, the lower the ROAS, the easier it is. Mm. You know, so if you if you got a ROAS, and if we had a client that says, "Oh, you know, you know what? Sometimes this happens." Okay, sometimes this happens, and it happens quite frequently. But we'll say to a, a, an e-commerce business, "I say, right, we're, we're doing you know two million now, whatever, and we want to get to six million. And I'll say, "Well, what, okay, what's your what's your ROAS currently? Your operator, you know, return. So if you spend a pound." How many pounds are you getting back now? And they say, oh, about nine. And I say, okay, well, what's what's the minimum ROAS you you can operate on? Sometimes they don't know. Sometimes they do. Most of the time they do. And they might say, oh, it's about four or three, 3.5 to four. And and we'll say, okay, well, why are you, why are you only spending, you know, why, why are you only spending, you know, 10 grand a month? You know, on your ad, you know, why don't you? Why don't you go? What's stopping you going down to that lower ROAS? Because you're going to be able to open up the traffic a lot more. Open up your doors. You're going to be able to recruit a lot more customers. And that's and, and that's only on the first purchase. Sometimes mm. that's the fastest thing to do. Like we wouldn't do any optimization on the website at all until you're at the minimum. It depends on how aggressive you want to grow, but. You know, until you're at the minimum ROAS that you're comfortable with, and it depends on lifetime customer value. Yeah, definitely. If you've got a sale that's like a product that people are only buying once, never coming back, you know, you obviously want to try to get as much margin as you can. But it's the overall contribution. You, you know, don't look at the individual order. Look at the overall contribution. I'm going off on a slight tangent, but what I'm trying to say is that sometimes the easiest thing you can do in the business to scale it is to just – Take you push your advertising budget and put and pull the traffic lever as hard as you possibly can until you hit the minimum ROAS that you need to in the business. Let's say it's three point five, and then you stop, and you know you don't pull the traffic lever any harder because it, you just it's going to be unprofitable. Then you then you have to improve either average order value, conversion rate, or lifetime customer value. And what that'll do if you improve your average order value or your conversion rate. Your ROAS will magically jump up back to five, and then it allows you to pull the traffic lever harder to bring it back down to three point five, and then you do this, you know, you tweak them again, and that's what you do. You keep you keep continually doing that, and that's how you scale, and that's how you grow over the long term, you know. And and obviously the the, the kind of beauty, like the hidden secret or secret source of e-commerce, is your lifetime customer value, like. How many times your current customers are going to buy again? Because if you can get your current customers to buy again, you know you've only paid Google once, and they come back and bought, and bought a, a you know a second and third time, and that that could, that's like the kind of gift, like the turbo that keeps on you know spooling up because it's effectively free. You haven't you haven't had to pay to acquire them, and if your lifetime customer value is naff, you've only you know they're only ever buying once. The only way you're going to grow realistically nowadays is by paying Google, Facebook, and you know the ad platforms. Mm. And yeah, well, and well, obviously that's your limiting limiting growth because then you stuck to your margin, your cost of sale, your fixed cost. Anyway, I'll shut up now. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of like do a, do a, kind of like a talk through of it. So you know, I'm running a business at the moment. It's our own business. You know, I do the I do the target sheet. I can see we're doing about. You know, it's a startup. We've been going a couple of months. We're doing about thirty thousand pounds a month, and um, you know, it's it's just it's in startup mode. Um, I'm looking at the traffic. I do, you know, if I want to get that business to 
let's say five thousand pounds a day. Which what's that a year? What's that a year? I'm not sure. Maybe you can calculate, um, calculate it. Um, and so, lots. <laughs> yeah, one point five. It's one point five million ish, isn't it? Because it's yeah. yeah so it's, it's ten thousand a day. It'd be three hundred. Yeah, three point six million. So that makes sense. Um, so if I want to get to there, then then obviously I'm going to go well. Um, I know my add to basket rate. I know my basket to order, and I know my average order value. So I kind of roughly put those plot those onto the target sheet. I then go well. If I want to hit there, then I'm going to have to get traffic from this to this. Then I'm going to go and look at the add to basket and the basket to order and average order volume. Go well. My add to basket looks pretty good. Um, maybe it's maybe it's around eight percent. You know, it's a startup. Looks pretty good. My basket to order. You know. Maybe it's 35 or it's 40%. So it looks, it looks okay. Maybe I could get that up slightly. And then my average order value is around, I don't know, 70 pounds or something like that. And, um, and I'll go, well, I think I can get that up by about 20% because I haven't done post-purchase upsells. I haven't really done any cross-sells. People are, seem to be buying this product with this one a lot of the time. And there's, there's a few people who don't do that because they don't see it. So effectively, I'm thinking, right, well, I can probably get a 10% there and a and a 5% here and a, and, a, and a so-and-so. So I think that then brings down the amount of traffic I need to buy to a certain amount. To a certain amount. I go, okay, I need this much extra a month to get to where I want to get to. So then I go and look at the main channel, which in this case is Google Ads, Google Shopping. And I'm now looking at the margin calculator. So I'm putting my margins in. I'm putting my fixed costs in. I'm putting everything in. And I'm kind of going, well, the, the maximum I can afford on the ROAS is like three ROAS or something like 300% ROAS, um, given that my lifetime customer value is this. So that then tells me what I need from my traffic. And then that tells me how much traffic I need from the, 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 the margin calculator sheet. And then I go and get slapped in the face by Google. So Google then comes along and goes, well, let's say I've got a target of five ROAS. Google says, well, I can give you five ROAS, but I can only give you this much traffic at five ROAS because, you know, that's the market and <clears throat> you're not converting that well. And that's where that's the way it is. So then I go and look at my margin calculator sheet again and I go, well, if you I know that I can scale at three ROAS, but I can't scale at five ROAS. So in this case, I'd start looking at that and going, well, what can I do? And in our case, we moved warehouse. So we moved it to a cheaper warehouse. We um, sold certain products. So we took our we took our fixed cost down, didn't we? And our, we reduced our variable cost. Yeah, we reduced our variable cost. We then looked at our lifetime customer which value, which effectively was which effectively was making our our um, you know ultimate margin like goods sent to the customer when the when the customer actually received them. We, we were making that margin better. Yeah. Which would mean that we could we were we could operate at a lower ROAS and still be profitable. Yeah, and so then we looked at our lifetime customer value and say, well, if we get the lifetime customer value up just by twenty percent, then that brings the overall ROAS that we need down to like three and a half. And so what we're doing is we are looking at the target sheet and the margin calculator sheet and kind of going, well, you know, Google Google Shopping is the, is a hundred pound gorilla sitting in the corner of the room. And of course, we'd like to move the 100-pound gorilla to the other corner of the room, but it's a 100-pound gorilla. We can't move it. So we have to work with Google. And mm. I think the, 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 what happens in e-commerce is that everybody kind of wants to scale and everybody wants to move. And obviously, we're doing conversion rate gains and add-to-basket gains and average order value gains, which is helping. But at the same time, that's where Google is and that's where the market is. And it's it, what tends to happen in that case is then you start blaming the agency because you think, oh, the agency must not be good enough to move the 100-pound gorilla to the top of the tree. And it's like, well, no, because like the agency's only got a, you know, a good agency will change your fortunes, but only by a certain amount. If you've got your fundamental things wrong, if you need to go out for like a 10 ROAS and the market, most of the market's going out for four ROAS, you're never going to find an agency is going to have a magic wand and come and change that. So it's kind of finding well, the, the constraints. That reminds me. I think what you, you, you're kind of talking really a bit more about business architecture, aren't you? Yeah. You yeah. Know, and, and it's saying, okay, look, you, you know, 
it's like working around Google and it's saying, look, this is what Google's saying that we need to be. The Google is saying, look, we can get you loads of profitable traffic if you if you can go for a three times ROAS. Yeah. Loads of traffic at a three times. But at a five times, you know what? There's there's other competitors that are quite happy to go to a, a three times a three and you're not. So we'll give it to them. Yeah. And um and that's the brutal reality of it. And I I have 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 you know probably in the last year or two, well not just last year or two, but in my career, have uh, have presented this reality to some big, big well customers, big and small, and um, and, and you know and and you know you do the target sheet and you do the margin calculator and, and the probably the one that comes to mind was um what was a FTSE, I think it was a FTSE two fifty company. Yeah, it was a big, big, big company, and they had loads of e-commerce brands, and they 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 were really trying to get one to scale. Um, and we looked at the did the did the target sheet and did the margin calculator for them because we were, we were trying to get it to we were trying to get it to like about thirty million, and they were just stuck at about two, and it was it the the. the Business was flawed. Like the the logic was flawed. The, the you know the, it didn't work. The math didn't work because you know rather than, rather than flogging Google and spending loads of money, we just said, hang on a minute. Look, you have got to get this business that to be able to operate at a two point five times ROAS. Mm. Because if you can't, that's where the traffic is. That's where the market is. That's what Google's saying we can do. How can we operate on a on a two point five times ROAS? And yeah, we looked at the costs, and their their variable costs were way too high, and their fixed costs were way too high. And ultimately, I mean, and the lifetime customer value was too low. I think so much so, so, think, so much so that every order they were actually giving away money, regardless. Yeah. And it's like yeah. it's like having a butcher's shop and someone coming in for some sausages and go, "What would you like? Oh, I want some sausages." And go, "Here's your sausage and here's a five pound note." You know, it's like it's like how can you scale that business? It's doesn't yeah. if you're not making money from. I mean, it sounds simple. I mean, it, it is simple. It is stupid, and it's so obvious. But when you get, you can get so discombobulated. You can. And I had a I had a call I had a call this today. With a really interesting new business that's um, uh, that's quite exciting uh, in this space, and we were talking about lifetime customer value. We're talking about how you, hey, how can you get lifetime customer value up? And I said, to be honest, the biggest driver of lifetime customer value is the product that you're selling and the and the buyer behaviour. You know, unfortunately, there's no there's no magic wand that you can get somebody to buy a product again if they don't want it. If that's not what they buy, if they don't buy it every month, every quarter, every six months, every you, you just you know you're just going to really struggle. Mm. And you know, so therefore, the question is: is how not if I? But if we're saying, look, we've got to get the lifetime customer value up to two, two times a year. We're going to double it basically. At the mm. moment, it was like one point two. We're going to take it to like two. You know, it might be that we have to bring in other products. Yeah. Because we just can't get them. They're just not going to buy that product again. It's like go with the flow of the river. Just you know, don't don't swim against it. And that's it. what we, like, we have done that buy. before. We have done that before because you've got all this huge list of house file, which is you know basically unable to be used because you know they've got the yeah. your which effectively is your signature product that they bought, and then you're like, well, you know, what do we do? I mean, I'm working with a, yeah. a guy in New Zealand who sells desks. So we sell desks, you know, like a work from home desk and he, he sells the desk and he's sold loads of desks. And then what does he sell next? And that's the difficulty because they love him. They love his desk. Chairs. Yeah. Surely. Well, the, the chair would also probably be a purchase they'd make with the desk at the same time. Mm. But like it's, you then need to have stuff for the office, don't you? That's a con- continual need or a consumable or something like that. It's the same as the guy who sold sheds. You know, he sold sheds and but then also, he started when, with that yeah. desk. If you, if you, if somebody buys a desk for their house, for their office, um, chances are, you know, that they're doing up there, that room in the house. 
Mm. And therefore, you've got to buy in when they're open, haven't you? So, if you're going to get a second sale, you tend to you tend to get it quite quickly, or not at all. Yeah, you know, if they don't buy within the next probably month, you know, six weeks, you know, from making that initial purchase of the, of the deck, they're not. They, you know, they've moved on. Yeah, they've done it. They've sold that now. So mm. that's why we always say, you know, what, what's the, you know, what's the buyer? The buyer's in hot mode, really responsive. But, but I think I think just going back to the. The, the margin calculator sheet and the target sheet, you know, unless, unless you've got that margin sheet, and it, it isn't just saying this is, you know, this is just the margin, but it's basically saying what your business needs to operate at. Because on the left hand side, you've got the, you know, how low can you go to recruit a new customer? On the right hand side, it's got it's got the lifetime customer value average. So it, you know, so and obviously, if you if you're selling contact lenses as an example, where people buy every month, you know, you're going to have amazing lifetime customer value naturally. So therefore, you know, if you're looking at, you know, how aggressive you want to be in, in terms of recruiting new customers, you, you know, you'd be really aggressive. You, you'd probably go to a negative ROAS. Mm. Like, you know, for every pound spend, I only need 70p back because on the first purchase, because you know, you're probably going to get somebody who's going to buy, you know, 10 11, whatever, how many times a year, you know, so that's like an extreme example. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you kind of go, well, what, what, what is Google saying that we need to be at? And then you, you're, you're looking at your business and you're going with it, not fighting against it. I think, and it's just a different way of thinking, um, but in the same vein, I say one thing on the same vein, quite often we see businesses who are not, optimizing that that row like they've got a really they've got a row asset that, that they that they they didn't they didn't even know thinking holy shit you know i mean I, and i say my god there'll be so many businesses that are em- we're so envious you're sat on a bloody guy a client in the other day and they've got a row asset i said oh, i said oh what's your row asset i said oh it's about 15 and i said i said 15 i said and i know what the margins are mm. margins are like 70 percent and you, and, and, and your lifetime customer value is great. They were like getting, I think, about four four um, four orders over a you know a year for some for some of the customers. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, take your ROAS down, open the doors, make hay while the sun shines, because you're sat on a bloody gold mine. Like, you wouldn't believe how envious lots of businesses yeah. would be to be in that position. You've got a profit factory. And the other, and the, You've got a profit factory yeah, sitting there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, he, and you know, you don't know who's going to come into the market, what's going to happen, you know, and, you know, some big bloody multinational might decide to go and dominate that that area. You're like, mate, just what are you doing? Just go for it. Yeah. What are you holding back? And they've got the stock, everything, everything's ready, completely ready. And they could just double the business overnight just by lowering the ROAS. Yeah. And the business could take it. You know, they've got the warehouse, got the staff, they're ready to go. And, but I'll just say one more thing about the, about the ROAS as well is when you start looking at the overall ROAS, and I find this quite a fascinating conversation really, because I think in the last probably 12 years, we started to get obsessed with attribution modeling, you know, and where you, that conversation about, well, if Facebook's saying that I've got a hundred grand this month and Google's saying I've got 200 grand this month, but I actually only did 150. Like what the hell, like who's, who's claiming what? And you sort of get into this, this attribution modeling conversation. If you think back to what we were doing, you know, before, paid ads came along and anything about attribution you we were doing off the page direct mail brochure brochure drops tv advertising where you know we didn't know how effective our advertising was you know Mm. at such a granular level we basically said look i spent a hundred grand this month on advertising and i've had six hundred thousand grand pounds worth of new customers this month and that was like an overall blended roas and I think that's still really important to look at, you know, with online, especially with, with purchases where you've got this really long buying window, you know, where you're buying a, a sofa or, you know, a big, a big, a big piece for your house, you know, outdoor furniture set or, mm. you know, jacuzzi or something like that. People can take months to make the decision. And it's very, very difficult to track it back to the ad. Yeah. And, 
Therefore, you've got to look at an overall ROAS because the truth of it is, if you want to scale your business now, you've got to look favorably upon your advertising budgets. You know, you want it to work. So you you do have to be in a position to to do that overall ROAS. And you know, obviously the but I think the main the main takeaway is that you know you have to work with Google and there isn't a magic wand. And if Google is saying, look, you've got to be at two point five ROAS, you've got to go back to the draw board and go, how can I operate this business out of two point five? What will my lifetime customer value need to be? What will my margin need to be? Yeah. And what will my obviously my conversion rate and average order value need to be? And I think the subtle thing is, so I was looking at the, the business I was talking about before, is that once you understand those two spreadsheets for your business, I can then see, you know, obviously from experience, I go, well, I, if I can get my average order value from 70 to 90 pounds, I've effectively got, a five, I have my $5 million, $5 million pound business, $5 million business, whatever, you know. Like now I'm doing yeah. 500 grand a year and now, but if I want a $5 million business, that's what I need. And then you suddenly go, and it's like that switch. It's like the switch in the business is if you mm. want to, if you want to actually do what you want to get, you've got this pretty much, you've got this one switch where you need to go. And then you go, right, this business is all about that metric. And particularly, you know, you can change metrics at, at, at different times, but then you can go, if I do that, I've got this scalable business and it comes down to that thing. And I'm working with someone who's got a subscription business and she's a startup. She's on the, the 20K car program and she's starting um, a business and she's going to Facebook and she's looking at what she can recruit on. And she's like, well, I'm not sure if I can make it work at that. And I'm like, well, once you know what you can recruit a customer for, you then go and design the business to make that work so that, you know, if, you know, let, let's say people are staying for three months, if you get them to stay for five months, suddenly you've got a business, you know, like it's that, what is the switch yeah. in the business that suddenly it's, gives um, you the, the, the business? The good thing, a good thing about the margin, the, ta- the target sheet and the margin calculator is it, 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 it cuts, it cuts through the BS, the bullshit, mm just in case people don't know what BS stands for. Yeah. But it, it cuts through the crap and it gives you the, the reality. Um, not, you know, it takes away the motion. It gives you rational, cold facts and a clear, a clear plan. And, and that's where your roadmap gets formed. It takes away the guesswork. You know, it's, you're not going to scale your, your e-commerce business by accident. Yeah. You know, if you look at the businesses that have scaled, you know, over the last 10, 20 years, they're the ones that really understood the basic maths of it. And, it, you know, and it, yeah, it's dead easy to, on a spreadsheet, on a target sheet, you can go, oh, I had another note there, I'm doing this. But, you know, the reality is it paints a picture of what your numbers need to be and it breaks it down. And it just gives you that sort of militant focus mm-hmm. of of what you actually, you know, need to achieve. You know, if, if I hit, if I do this, this and this, I'm going to get the 5 million. And then it's how do I architect and how do I how do I get those numbers? It breaks it down because you can't just say I'm going to do five million. No, you know it's like it's like the conversion rate conversation. It's oh I want my conversion rate to be really high, but you can't. It doesn't magically happen. It's like just saying be more successful, sell more stuff. You've got to break it down into its component parts. Add to basket, basket checkout, checkout to order. Mm. Same thing with your overall target. Like it's you know you've got to really have a good understanding of them of that of that maths. You yeah. know. Yeah, obviously I understand the job to be done and the customers, but it you know what, what, and the anxiety and the pain points and trust and credibility. But it's all. But it's a top level approach. It's all there. It's all there. But it's focusing. I yeah. think if one thing we do well, it is understanding an e-commerce business to understand what it is, what the switch is, and where the switch might be, and simplifying it down to that and saying, look, just yeah. focus on that at the moment. Just focus on that because that is that's the switch in the business. And yeah, and if it's like. If 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 you focus on anything else other than that top metric, yeah, you are effectively um, damaging the growth of the business because nothing is going to be more important than that metric. And maybe that's lifetime customer value. Maybe it's average order value. Maybe it's add to basket. Yeah, 
you know, or, ba- or basket to order, you know, because anything you do that isn't hitting that number one, you know, you're, you're effectively damaging it because you're spending time in the wrong area. And it is a switch. It yeah. is a switch. It's like it's a bit. E-commerce is a little bit like winner takes all in e-commerce. If you can, yeah. if you can go out there yeah. and recruit at a higher cost per click. Let's say, let's say everybody else can only recruit at a, a, a dollar a click, but you can go out and, and recruit at one dollar twenty a click. Even though that's 20, only twenty percent higher in terms of cost per click. The amount of market you can get is probably something like fifty percent of the market just from just from that little thin edge. Mm. It's a bit like, and that might be because you've got a better average order value upsell method, yeah. methodology, or you might have a better lifting customer. Well, you've value. got an edge. You've <clears> got <throat> an edge, but that what it's like yeah. that thin edge. It's like sports people, like you, sports you, people, you, the top sports people said, take all well, the money. Actually, you you've said this a few times and. I remember when you first said it. You said because Victoria Beckham said this, didn't she? Yes, she said something, and that's why that's why you said it. It's the thin edge, the thin. The, yeah, and you, you remember you telling me. How did you first hear about Victoria Beckham using this? I think my wife, thin edge winner takes all, read her book, and she was talking oh. to me about it. This was a long time ago, a long time ago. Yeah, but it was like that. You know that the winner takes all, the kind of thing, and that you know she's obviously in the music industry, and it's very much the winner takes all in the music industry. You have a few, especially back then, you had a few artists that took the majority of the take. Yeah, I think it's probably still the same. Yeah. Like there's so much talent out there in the music industry. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, the, the winner takes all. There's not that much difference probably between you know, the artists, but that tiny little edge. Yeah, when it takes all, and I think with e-commerce, that's especially true if you're selling other people's products. Yeah, very cutthroat. There, you like you either have the edge or you yeah. don't. And yeah, and if you have the edge, you you you've nailed. It. In some, I mean, obviously, sometimes it's, it's it's margin, but you know, it doesn't always need to be. But the strategy is different for you if you're selling other people's products versus your own exclusive brand. That's a very different strategy for e-commerce. But it's still the same. Here, here's still, some, here's some advice same. to people listening if you're selling other people's products. If you have the chance, opportunity to start selling some of your own brand products, do so as soon as possible. Because if you can build your own, own brand products and you can build a, um, some decent revenue from your own brand, you have something that's defensible and defendable. When you're selling other people's products and you're relying on other people's products, you are in a very vulnerable place. It, 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 and, and it's great. Sometimes those businesses are great and sometimes they can do really, really well. But if you're selling lots of other people's brands and you've got no exclusivity on those brands and lots of other people are selling those brands, it only takes someone to come into that market with you know, equity funding to suddenly go, oh, I'm just going to go and buy this market. So... If you can get some own brand, do so. I think it's, yeah, I know. I, I think, I mean, there were, there, were, there were obviously lots of examples of e-commerce businesses that have scaled really well and profitably selling other people's brands. And, it, you know, it isn't, it's not like we're saying it's, it's, it's not possible. But it's a different strategy and it's harder. And I, I remember one particular client phoning us up and they were they were a, fa- a fashion brand, but well, they were a fashion website selling other people's brands. Yeah, and it's like they weren't specialising any you know any particular genre, you know, women's, men's. It was just it was just clothes brands, and it's. I just thought this is just this is yeah this is just I don't know difficult. There's nothing there. I mean, There's just nothing there. We've so, got loads of customers selling other people's products. Don't get us wrong. But like, if, if I was sitting in that situation and I had like 5 million turnover and all of it was other people's, but if I had 1 million turnover, it was my own brand product, that maybe it was not the same brand as this website, but it was like a brand I'd created that was, I was building, then I'd feel much more comfortable because yeah. like, 
and it's also more sellable. You say, well, we've got a we've got a brand, you know, we're selling other people's products. This is what we're doing, but we've also got our own brand products, and the margin on these is much higher, and yeah. it can really turn well, remember turn the business around. And remember. And I mean, the nice thing about when you're selling other people's brands, and if you're in a niche sort of industry, I mean, we've got clients, I've got a customer right now selling um, pumps, like, for, you know, water pumps. Yeah. And it's like, it's really niche, and they're obviously selling other people's, because you, it's very difficult to create your own brand, but it's a lovely niche, and they've got the credibility of who they are, being in the business for a long time, and they know what how to sell. And it's, it's like, yeah, I can't work. And get, I get that. You wouldn't, you know. Yeah. And obviously, people are looking for specific brands. Pro- so there are... There are masses and masses and masses of incredibly successful e-commerce businesses selling other people's products. They're more sustainable. And they're more sustainable. It's interesting you said that with the pumps. In a boring business. When the business is boring, yeah, yeah. you have got much more sustainable businesses because yeah. less people will yeah. enter it. But if you're selling something exciting like fashion or electronics, it's it's really difficult to continue that that edge for a it's long harder i think i think the number one question when you're selling other people's products is why buy from you yeah you know so forget you said something funny i think you were you we were chatting about a project we're working on with a client and they're selling a um let's say it's can i say what it is without giving it away well, well, just <laughs> i will okay it's fish okay and you said, you said, you know what? We've been looking at the competitors, and you know the competitors online who are selling fish, who are also selling fish. And do you know what? The biggest mistake they're making, they're all trying to sell fish. <laughs> and and the, it was funny, and you and I laughed, and uh, probably people who overheard the conversation were like, "What? What are you talking about?" But the reason we were laughing is because the biggest mistake they were making was trying to sell fish, when what they should have been focusing on is why to buy the fish from them. Not why buy fish. Yeah. Not why to buy a halibut. So were saying, it's like why to buy why yeah why to buy why a halibut, halibut why to buy a salmon or the yeah. or you know black cod exactly why to buy the and that is the number one question you've got to ask yourself over and over and over again and everyone in your team um, if you're selling other people's products why should people buy from us and I and I. I really challenge businesses to this. I've been working with a company now that's doing knocking on 20 million. And, um, you know, I, we're, we're quite far into the process and we still haven't answered that question. Why would people buy from us? Mm. And they still don't know the answer. And they're really, at the moment, they're just buying traffic, you know, and they're not, they're not really making much money at all. Mm. You know, and they don't know that answer. So that's just a question. That's just a question to to go for. Yeah. But I do. I think we need to just make sure we make it clear that we are not saying that you cannot be successful in the e-commerce business if you're selling other people's products. That is not. No. I was just, I was just, I was just hoping that some people were listening who were, because some, some people are listening. Sometimes it's, it's not possible to do your own brand product. It's not possible. I'm not talking to those people, but I'm talking to those people who are sitting there going, oh, I wonder if I could do my own brand product because I've, I've got that and, and that did well. And maybe I've done a few more, but it's like, you know, if you sit, I just thought might be someone might be listening and going, I'm going to go I think you're it. probably saying there was some, yeah, I think we're probably saying, you know, People who are just like doing dropship. I mean, you know, there were these stupid adverts on YouTube or Facebook by these buffoons who were trying to sell the dropship model. And you're like, what the hell it, are you talking about? But isn't about? that the quickest way you to know? 20 million and, and to retire and sit on a beach? Well, they, they, well, they do have Ferrari and Lamborghini behind yeah. them in the ad, you know, in the ads. Yeah. And, you know, so maybe. <laughs> maybe you don't know Ian maybe it's that easy maybe you just we should go on the buy a turnkey site stick some Alibaba stuff on there and then you'd be yeah. like it's like the worst it's the worst <clears throat> e-commerce advice the, you know the notion that there's a magic wand and a magic bullet that only they know and it's if anyone has listened to us or read the book or or, or booked a session with us they'll realise that everything that we say is common sense and there's no magic wands whatsoever and it's just about getting back to basics and getting the fundamentals right yeah. and that's the only 
everything that you can do. So the notion that you can take a dropship business and and think you're going to be able to compete and grow it profitably is really I will change slightly that really because forward. there have been people that come onto the 20k core and done dropship and done well. In what area though? What niche? They've done what niche? Well, I think when people say dropship, what what where people get lost is when they what's gone is people being able to buy stuff on Alibaba and just take it to the UK. But yeah, that's what yeah, I'm talking. But about. drop shipping, that, that's just... it could be you know you could go and find a manufacturer who's not selling online and say, look, I'll sell these online and you drop ship yeah. them for me. You know, that's well, that, fine. That, that example of the pump, that example of the pump, yeah, company selling other, they're, they're, you know, they're they're actually drop ship, drop shipping, yeah, and they and they're doing really well and they're really profitable. They do. You know, and they're, they're doing about two and a half million online, and they could easily get to yeah. five. And, and there's, uh, there's been a couple of people who've come on and sold rugs and desks and things like that, and high margin products, and sold them really well and done really well. But where where people are struggling is is when you, you know people think they can go onto Ali, Alibaba, AliExpress, take the same photo, stick it on Google Shopping, and make millions. It's just not there anymore. It's just not yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's no, there's nothing you can do on the site that's going to make it make up for that. Well, you know, you have to, you, you, know, you're you, not going to, be you have to, to buy the products. Work. You have to, you have to take them to your house, and you have to get them photographed nicely. You have to change it, and you have to explain why it's going to take four or five weeks for it to be delivered. You know, it's it, you've got some friction there. You've got to deal with. I'm not saying no one's making money yeah. there, but it's it's got hard. One of the biggest drivers, if you're selling other people's products, the, the you know the biggest things you have to consider is price and availability. Mm. Yeah, you know, they're the big, massive elephant in the rooms. Once you've got that salt sorted, then then it's all it's the normal stuff. You know, it's, it's reason to buy from you. It's trust and credibility. It's yeah. reason to buy now. Anyway, we've been prattling on. We drifted yes. off. We Download drifted your margin calculator massively. sheet in the show notes. Download your target sheet in the show notes, and yeah. we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.